Ah, thank you for choosing Tox News. Your one and only source to constitutional authority on impeachment. I'm kidding. I have no authority whatsoever, but a measly, meager podcast. All right. So, chock full of uh, impeachment stuff to get into, so I'm not going to waste too much time. Introductions, talking about yada, yada, yada. So we got we got to get the ball a-rolling, and it's all downhill from here at this point. So, per use, we have a, uh, what's it called, Militia Watch update. Yes, sir. And a few video segments to go over highlights of uh, Trump impeachment uh, nonsense, basically. So, beginning with Militia.watch, go check it out. Uh, we have another week the weekly updates we have more j6 updates including a terror designation by canada i think that's uh talking about the proud boys the boys of proudness um we have written house not at home bond terms to be further revisited new georgia militant coalition announced which is weird why you would announce that so publicly but i guess as soon as you start making protests or movements and such like that you make your presence known so Okay. Uh, Sugar Pine Mine case moves forward. I'm not too familiar with that, so it's going to be a good introduction. We got Michigan pursuing further gun restrictions after the Wolverine Watchmen had plotted to kidnap Governor. Uh, GOP candidate posts threatening message and a photo of a noose. All right, so beginning with the J6 updates, we got two more Proud Boys who were indicted on conspiracy charges. Both are from New York and were charged for their involvement in removing mental barricades and stealing a riot shield from Capitol Police. This week, Canada also designated the the Proud Boys as a terror group. So there's a new development that's pretty spicy. Uh, Perhaps in reaction to a piece written by Cynthia Miller Idris and Daniel Kohler, The Secretary of Defense has ordered for a review to handle extremism among the military. Of course, conservatives have already responded, calling this process one akin to, quote, the thought police, unquote. Um, And it's just very interesting because the FBI, as I've said on this podcast and many people have said, is that the FBI uh, says the biggest threat to national security is domestic terrorism. So the fact that you wouldn't want to find that within the military because that's thought police sounds like you're okay with a little bit of extremism in your military. Not good. Uh, Rittenhouse Bond revisited after failure to update his address. So. Kenosha shooter Kyle Rittenhouse was not at his home when checked on this week, prompting prosecutors to seek higher bond and to arrest the teenager. Alongside this, lawyers dropped a federal lawsuit against Rittenhouse, the Kenosha Guard, the leader of the Kenosha Guard, the Boogaloo Boys as a whole. A man who identified himself as a Boogaloo Boy present in Kenosha the night of the shooting in Facebook. The suit was built on a Reconstruction-era federal law made to counter the KKK, and no reason was provided for dropping the case. Awesome. So, uh, safeguards are kind of falling for Rittenhouse and those who are also in Kenosha. Uh, moving on, we have new far-right militant coalition built in Georgia. Oh, yeah. AP USA, the American Patriots USA far-right organization created by former KKK leader Chester Doles, announced that they had formalized a relationship with the Georgia 3%ers martyrs. 
Cool. Within the announcement, the AP USA also repeated their connection to the American Brotherhood of Patriots 3%ers. Cool. Which was present at the far-right Stone Mountain rally last August. Very cool. The only thing that... The other militia group that I would be familiar with that is in the Georgia area, I think, is the Not Fucking Around Coalition, which seems to not necessarily agree with most of the 3%ers, although um, I'm not sure of how far black nationalism goes into the nfac so um georgia sounding lit as fuck when it comes to militias and guns a previous militia watch piece covered the linkages between militia groups far-right social movements and gop politicians this coalition means that the network has grown even tighter so go on militia.watch for more on that other legal developments. The Sugar Pine Mine court case over the 2015 militia standoff advanced this week. And that's why I don't know about it is because I have not been really following militias in 2015. Uh, miners in the government shared their testimonies this week. A machine gun bill sponsored by Tana Sen seeks to ban open carry in any way that would make people feel threatened. The bill is largely in response to the occupation of the state capitol building last spring, where they open carried in, in, in the capitol building. It is obvious already making some waves among uh, militia information spheres. Uh, they're coming for your guns, probably. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure how necessary open carry is in a very normal, sane society, but you know, that's that's for the debate of uh, Michigan at this point. Uh, me living somewhere else doesn't have to worry about it too much. More GOP shenanigans. And I think that might be the end of this, so let go. Texas gubernatorial candidate Martin Holsom posted a picture of a noose on the 15th of January saying to, quote, let them hang by the neck until they are dead. Wow. Unquote. The wow was not in the quote. I, I, I'm sorry. That, that broke me a little bit. Holy shit. I had not heard of Martin Holmes before. Or wholesome. Not very wholesome here by saying let them hang by the neck until they are dead, which, of course, in America has very deep-seated, uh, you know, uh, racist... <laughs> uh, ties to it no pun intended it's just uh nooses and lynching have a very specific message um notable in the text beyond the obvious is wholesome's inclusion of three exclamation marks ah well it's at the end of dead but i guess i guess we can go that way he does have his picture is of like uh 76 with stars around it so that means he's very into 1776 um, so apparently the three exclamation marks is a dog whistle. Many three percenters followers include to allude to their ideology, which of course wholesome confirmed by posting the following on the 30th of January. Oh, this just goes deeper. Um, this is a Facebook post for, um, wholesome for Texas 2022. And it says my brother wholesome for Texas 2022 would always say, Quote, revolutionaries don't ask for permission, unquote. Uh-huh. So I guess that's a picture of him, uh, a little bit of the Declaration of Independence on a flag. Oh, nope, that's a three percenters flag behind him. Yeah, okay. So there's that. Uh, note in the above, the three percenters flag in his background. It Yeah, right above the 1776 is the, the, the three symbols. Um, his Twitter and one Facebook account are now down. Uh, 
for obvious reasons, but the campaign page from which above the above image was posted. Oh, it that's still online. So the uh, wholesome for Texas 2022 with him posing in front of a three percenters uh, flag and a shotgun on top of a semi is still online. That's great. Um, there's nothing really to worry about about somebody who's running for governor and also deeply believes in uh, right wing uh, militant movements. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing to worry about. Someone who's fervent about allowing militias completely run around unregulated. Oh, yeah. That's that juicy stuff. So we hit the bottom of the barrel with Militia.Watch. If you want more, it's Militia.Watch. Go. Go get it. And now for this nonsensical malarkey, um, the impeachment. Uh, the first of it is which these are highlights coming from PBS NewsHour. And yeah, oh, man. rather than listening to a bad faith argument from like the usual right wing people that are covered on this podcast, I felt like getting the highlights and basically a reaction of the events going on around us is much better than just taking in more bad faith arguments on the subject because honestly, it's pretty tiring. So, um, Rather than listening to another shill just protect a man who does not care about anybody but himself, I'd rather we just get it for ourselves uh, without all the mixture of bad faith arguments. ...will focus only on the question of constitution. And this highlight here comes from the first day of the impeachment trial, which voted on, or was debated and voted only on the constitutionality of this impeachment. And I do sit on the side that it is constitutional because there is two parts to an impeachment. One is removal of office and the other is being banned from office. Um, but we'll hear the cases as to why this should even take place, if at all. Constitutionality. President Trump was not impeached for run-of-the-mill corruption, misconduct. He was impeached for inciting a violent insurrection. An insurrection where people died in this building. An insurrection that desecrated our seat of government. And if Congress were just to stand completely aside in the face of such an extraordinary crime against the Republic, it would invite future presidents to use their power without any fear of accountability. And none of us. And so you have to come into this argument here having the idea that Trump purposefully fed the the, the uh, male voter fraud rigs stolen election. You take your pick on which rhetorical piece of wording you want. Um, but you have to believe that that narrative in itself eventually led to the speech that Trump had just before everybody stormed the Capitol, all on the idea that this is a stolen rigged fraud election. Illegitimate. Shouldn't be happening. So just piecing his words happening either a couple of days before or if it's the tweet literally just before it where he said that they are going to have a wild protest come January 6th, you have to take in Trump's all of his language and figure out whether or not Trump had aided comfort to the nation's enemies, which in a different wording, I don't know where my pocket constitution is, which is, uh, it's bad. Um, 
Amendment 14, Section 3, gone over this multiple times in this podcast, even before the impeachment trial even began, but it basically forbids anybody from comforting insurrectionists. So um, that is the high crime here that is being accused of by a former douchebag, I mean president. I, I know this, none of this, no matter our party or our politics, Sorry, wants that. Slip of the words. Impeachment exists to protect the American people from officials who abuse their power, who betray them. It exists for a case just like this one. Honestly, it, it is hard to imagine a clearer example of how a president could abuse his office, inciting violence against a co-equal branch of government while seeking to remain in power after losing an election. What you experienced that day, what we experienced that day, what our country experienced that day is the framers' worst nightmare come to life. Presidents can't inflame insurrection in their final weeks and then walk away like nothing happened. And yet that is the rule that President Trump asks you to adopt. I urge you, we urge you to decline his request, to vindicate the Constitution, to let us try this case. Let me be crystal clear. President Trump was not impeached because of the words he used viewed in isolation, without context, were beyond the pale. Plenty of other politicians have used strong language. But Donald J. This is the defense lawyer for Trump at this point, and I find it very fascinating that we're not holding him accountable for the pieces of rhetoric that he did do. Like, he's immediately separating us from that idea, and then he's going to place the idea in our head in an inception-like way to tell you this is why Democrats are doing it. Not because of what Trump said, but because they hate him. Trump was president of the United States. He sought to overturn a presidential election that had been upheld by every single court to consider it. I really do not believe that our attention span is so short, that our sense of duty is so frail, our factional loyalty is so all-consuming that the president can provoke an attack on Congress itself. Oh, and I was mistaken, and that's not a defense lawyer either. Um, I misrepresented this man's position, and I apologize. That's, uh, that's my fault. Get away with it just because it occurred near the end of his term. After a betrayal like this, there cannot be unity without accountability. And the very words used in the Constitution all confirm unquestionably, indisputably, that President Trump must stand trial for his high crimes and misdemeanors against the American people. And my problem that um, with the way that the Democrats keep presenting this uh, case is that they don't actually bring into account Amendment, sec Amendment 14, Section 3, which is actually like the basis of this impeachment trial. And they always keep saying high crimes and misdemeanors rather than specifically saying what the... Um, the charge is and i think that for the most part does continue to give the right wing ammo to keep acting vague as if it's it's a it's a revenge thing or it's a spiteful thing 
And if you can actually cite the law and apply it to the circumstance, it builds the case much better and a little bit harder for bad faith actors to steer the the argument here but i don't know i don't i don't know what democrats are usually up to but for the past four years i feel like all they've been doing is just giving ammo to like fox news and ben shapiro we must not we cannot continue down the path of partisanship and division that has turned the capital into an armed fortress senators it now falls to you to bring our country together by holding this trial, and once all the evidence is before you, by delivering justice. This trial is personal indeed for every senator, for every member of the House, every manager, all of our staff, the Capitol Police, the Washington DC Metropolitan Police, the National Guard, maintenance and custodial crews, the print journalists and TV people who were here, and all of our families and friends. And I hope this trial reminds America how personal democracy is and how personal is the loss of democracy too. And all around me, people were calling. I mean, that's kind of the thing about democracy is that like, if you're gonna have direct democracy, that means you have to have a lot more people actually engaged. Representative democracy gives people the leisure and con convenience of not being that engaged. But in order to actually hold your representatives accountable, it does mean that you have to be engaged. So no matter what, yeah, democracy matters on a, uh, uh, on a larger level of engagement. But um, the thing that we have this idea that liberals seem to be guilty of, like I saw this tweet the other day that they were like i'm so glad to not even know who the secretary of education is right now like isn't it great not having to know these things and it's like yes but at the same time no because then that means you're not paying attention and just because they have a name attached and a d next to it that leaves them so much room of no accountability um so I, I don't know. I kind of liked what he said. And I think overall, I think to really achieve uh, that true level of democracy is probably firing him <laughs> and going right into direct democracy rather than representative. But uh, on a country this large, again, that would it would affect almost everything to get rid of Congress. So, of course, the whole system would have to change their wives and their husbands, their loved ones, to say goodbye. Members of Congress, in the House anyway, were removing their congressional pins so they wouldn't be identified by the mob as they tried to escape the violence. Our new chaplain got up and said a prayer for us, and we were told to put our gas masks on. And then there was a sound I will never forget, the sound of pounding on the door like a battering ram. The most haunting sound I ever heard and I will never forget it. My son-in-law had never even been to the Capitol before. And when they were finally rescued over an hour later by Capitol officers and we were together, I hugged them and I apologized and I told my daughter Tabitha I, I mean, that's pretty wild that his kids happened to also be in D.C. when that happened. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little gnarly. Let it be true, if it is. Who's 24 and a brilliant algebra teacher in Teach for America. Now, I told her how sorry I was 
and I promised her that it would not be like this again the next time she came back to the Capitol with me. And you know what she said? She said, Dad, I don't want to come back to the Capitol. <laughs> of all the terrible, brutal things I saw and I heard on that day, and since then, that one hit me the hardest. It was very that, personal. And watching someone use an American flagpole, with the flag still on it, to spear and pummel one of our police officers ruthlessly, mercilessly, tortured by a pole with a flag on it that he was defending. I mean, just look at the symbolism there of these like so-called patriots that they beat the shit out of a human being with the flag still attached to it. Like that, the, the symbolism of like what the soul of that patriotism is, is pretty crazy with his very life. People died that day. Officers ended up with head damage and brain damage. People's eyes were gouged. An officer had a heart attack. An officer lost three fingers that day. Two officers have taken their own lives. Senators, this cannot be our future. This cannot be the future of America. We cannot have presidents inciting and mobilizing mob violence against our government and our institutions because they refuse to accept the will of the people under the Constitution of the United States. Much less can we create a new January exception. Now, as I'm not a big fan of the establishment, I do agree with him. Um, I do agree with the the baseline sentiment that is being sent here is that a president who had these actions uh, should not hold office ever again. Uh, so I, I generally agree with that, even though I don't agree with most of the establishment in itself. The 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 events that were uh, that had followed all of Trump's just nonstop bullhorning on a stolen election. Um, yeah, that's that's just that's a line that's been way, way too far crossed, way too far crossed. In our precious, beloved Constitution that prior generations have died for and fought for. So the corrupt presidents have several weeks to get away with whatever it is they want to do. History does not support a January exception in any way. So why would we invent one for the future? You know, I, I feel... I think what does really hold up for this case is the precedent because we are impeaching somebody who has already left office. But that removes that first stipulation of removal from office. But it does leave the... Um, the precedent of whether or not you can ban somebody from holding office, even though they already left office, which I think is still a very important that if, you know, somebody who quits just before evidence is found that they are a genuine corrupt piece of shit, that that person should then face a trial of whether or not they should be allowed to hold office. And then depending on what kind of crimes and misdemeanors had gone on, whether or not they should actually face criminal charges and a conviction from that as well. Um, but somehow, 
uh, you know, Trump supporters are just finding this road of privilege for the man because it's a cult of personality. Like, there's literally nothing he could do wrong. Like, when he said that he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue or whatever the fuck, obviously he was not kidding. I feel proud to know my senators. Senator Casey appeared in the back. Now, I think this is the former Trump lawyer. It said former Trump lawyer, but uh, I don't know. He's, he's there. Senator Toomey over to the left. I don't know if he got fired like right before this came out. You know, it's funny. This is an aside, but it's funny. You ever notice how when you're talking or you hear others talking about you uh, when you're home in your state, they, they will say, you know, I talked to my senator or I talked to somebody on the staff of my senator. It's always my senator. Why is it that we say my senator? We say that because the people you represent are proud of their senators. They absolutely feel that connection of pride because that's not just Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. That's my senator from Pennsylvania or Bob Casey from Scranton. That's my senator. And you like that. People like that. The people back home really do. And? And <laughs> United States senators have a reputation and it's deserved. If my colleagues on this side of the... So obviously he's going, I think it didn't really allow him to just finish that point. It did skip forward a little bit. We got a cut, but like the fascinating thing here to me is that he's appealing to their reputation side that if you vote to impeach Trump, then you're going to have a bad reputation among Trump supporters, which again fits in that whole cult of personality thing that has just paved this yellow brick road of privilege for the guy where accountability doesn't matter. And it, like not touching a hair on his head is what's most important. Um, and like it feeds even more into this idea that like loyalty was always utmost to Trump, like no matter what. And so, uh, man, that's why it's even funnier that Rudy Giuliani didn't get paid for his work. Very loyal to the point of embarrassment. And he got nothing. Some, some criminal, uh, a lawsuit from, uh, Dominion voting though. So that's cool. Chamber actually think that President Trump committed a criminal offense. And let's understand, a high crime is a felony and a misdemeanor is a misdemeanor. The words haven't changed that much over the time. After he's out of office, you go and arrest him. So there is no opportunity where the president of the United States and let's not get this mixed up. Again, this isn't a criminal trial. Trump's not going to be arrested. He's not going to be fined. He's merely going to be banned from office. So any real circumstances in the real world, like there's no consequences here. There's really no real consequences. Um, and nobody's arrested him. So I don't even know what he's alleging here. But Trump does have other, uh, I think, lawsuits and investigations in states themselves that he may have broke the law on. But like this in itself only bars him from entering the club. Like it's that's not even a real punishment. States can run rampant in, in January, the end of his term, and just go away scot-free. The Department of Justice does know what to do with such people. And so far, I haven't seen any activity in that direction. And not only that, the people who stormed this building and breached it were not accused. Well, the thing is, though, is that... Uh 
Amendment 14, Section 3 isn't a criminal charge. So aiding comfort to uh, insurrectionists, I don't know if there's an actual conviction charge for it because Section 3 says here specifically um, it bars them from running for federal or state office. So, um, yeah, that again, like we're not this isn't criminal charges here, but it is a breaking of the Constitution which is another form of law. So, um, and the only one who can uphold this is Congress. And Congress has no jails. They have no actual like police to, to do that. They have Capitol police, but that's a different kind of set of jurisdictions. They don't have like Congress police that go out and arrest people for breaking amendment 14. Of conspiring with the president. Judgment, in other words, the bad thing that can happen the judgment in cases of impeachment, i.e. what we are doing, shall not extend further than removal from office. What is so hard about that? What of those, which of those words are unclear? Shall not extend further than removal from office. I'm going to have to rewind that a little bit because uh, since impeachments have been done, there's always two stipulations. But Amendment 14, Section 3 is very specific about blocking them from running for federal or state office. But um, the the other that stipulation has been brought up in impeachment trials before from senators to federal judges. So I, I need to I need to go back and see what he's citing specifically. And so far, I haven't seen any activity in that direction. And not only that, the people who stormed this building and breached it were not accused of conspiring with the president. That's not the accusation. Conspiracy is not uh, in the accusations, and that would probably find a different like criminal charge. So it fast forwarded a little bit here. I don't remember. Hold on. And breached it. We're not accused of conspiring with the president. Judgment, in other words, the bad thing that can happen, the judgment in cases of impeachment, i.e. what we are doing, shall not extend further than removal from office. Yeah, I don't have my pocket constitution, so we're going to have to look that up. Because unfortunately, in a lot of impeachment trials, the stipulation of not running for office again has been voted on. Um, So we got to hit the Googles because I don't know where my pocket constitution is. Uh, shall not go further than removal of office. Although that language can be stretched a little bit. Oh, he even, he, he abbreviated it. He abbreviated it. Oh, you slippery little snake took me four seconds to find it on google that this guy abbreviated the constitutional law oh you gotta love lawyers man they're so slippery so it says judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to removal from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor trust or profit under the united states he didn't include that and it's right there Look, I'll even highlight it on the YouTube video. So go check it out. Talks News YouTube. Look at that right there. It's right there, bro. 
What is so hard about that? We're going back five and seconds. removal from office. What and is so hard? He just stops. He just stops it at right there. Even though there's a comma and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor. Sleazy. Slimy. And of course, everybody who is a congressional representative knows that he is lying. Heard about that. Cool. What of those, which of those words are unclear? Shall not extend further than removal from office. And? President Trump <laughs> no longer is in office. The object of the Constitution has been achieved. He was removed by the voters. They tell us that we have to have this impeachment trial, such as it is, to bring about unity. But they don't want unity, and they know this so-called trial will tear the country in half, leaving tens of millions of Americans feeling left out. The unfortunate thing is that the trial's not going to tear the country in half so much as like all these thought leaders, talking heads, and people who spin narratives are going to do that work for us. Out of the nation's agenda, as dictated by one political party that now holds the power in the White House and in our national legislature. Don't forget the tyranny. If you're not Republican, there's tyranny. Don't forget. Ooh. But the, they're proud yeah. Americans yep. who never quit yep. getting back up when they're down, and they don't take dictates from another party based on partisan force feeding. This trial will tear this country apart, perhaps like we have only seen once before in our history. On this vote, the A's are 56, the nays are 44, and pursuant to SRS 47, the Senate having voted in the affirmative. So in this vote in itself, they did set the precedent that there is constitutionality in disqualifying somebody in office after they have left office. The yeas had it at 56, while the nays were at 44. That was the first day, merely setting precedent, really. And now we find out through the rest of this bullshit whether or not um, the conviction will follow through. So the next highlights, much shorter, uh, coming from NBC News and uh, Lego. Constitution makes clear there is no January exception to the impeachment power. That presidents can't commit grave offenses in their final days and escape any congressional response. That's not how our Constitution works. Judgment, in other words, the bad thing that can happen, the judgment, in cases of impeachment, i.e. what we are doing, shall not extend further than removal from office. President Trump no longer is in office. This is supposed to be the second day, isn't it? It says second, but yet he's using the same argument, even though, uh, homeboy, we just went over it again. You're reading that whole thing short. There's even like a, 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 a colon in there that has more to do with this subject. Like the law doesn't end where you say it does. The object of the Constitution has been achieved. He was removed by the voters it's no and yeah so his his whole reason of being there is to argue against the non-existence of disqualification but it's there it's in there so uh i don't i don't know like really how 
The only thing is that I could see this going through the right wing echo chamber just as the same way that he's presenting it is that there is no authority to disqualify him from office. But again, here it's right here. It's literally right here. The the, the low amount of people that will see this just fucking Google it. Just Google it because it's right here. It's it's on my screen. It's on the YouTube. I read it out loud. It's right here. So it's very fascinating that he can make this argument, even though it is so factually untrue wonder that President Trump would rather talk about jurisdiction and a supposed January exception rather than talk about what happened on January 6th. Make no mistake, his arguments are dead wrong. They are distractions from what really matters. The Senate can and should require President Trump to stand trial. And the biases laid out open is that I agree with everything that he said, is that the, most of everything that they are using to defend President, former President Trump is all distraction. It's all look over here while the magic trick is actually over there. And yeah, I agree with pretty much everything that he said and that accountability must be upheld. Otherwise, it's the, the precedent just gets worse. But there isn't a single one of you who A, doesn't consider yourself a patriot of the United States. And two, there isn't a single one of you who doesn't consider the other 99 to be patriots of the United States. And that is why this attack on the Constitution will not prevail. It's not true, and it's not an attack on the uh, Constitution. And honestly, Bruce Castor is giving like horrible arguments. What does that have to do with anything? Literally, what does that have to do with anything that everybody feels patriotism in their heart? What does that have to do with diddly squat? At the end of the day, this is not just about Donald Trump or any individual. This is about our Constitution and abusing the impeachment power for political gain. We not, not what's happening. Again, that was one of Trump's lawyers. Not what's happening. To not have presidents inciting and see this is why i didn't go through the right-wing echo chamber is because like this is the bad faith argument that we're just gonna it's the same thing that like is presented by his uh his defense team it's the same exact narrative same exact story it's literally copy pasta but at least with these highlights we get a little bit of the democrats going up against his defense lawyers so that's at least a little bit of like salt with the pepper mobilizing mob violence against our government and our institutions because they refuse to accept the will of the people under the Constitution of the United States. Much less can we create a new January exception in our precious, beloved Constitution that prior generations have died for and fought for so the corrupt presidents have several weeks to get away with whatever it is they want to do. History does not support a January exception in any way. So why would we invent one for the future? Hey, NBC News viewers, thanks for checking out our YouTube. Yeah, no worries. I got you. Um, I was hoping to find like a day three thing just to see like what we could expect, whether or not they're going to have witnesses or if it's about presenting more evidence, because today does seem to be a little bit more about just making arguments again on the constitutionality. And it kind of sounds like Trump's lawyers are a bit behind by still arguing the constitutionality because that was day one. I think at this point you should be convincing people why Trump's rhetoric wasn't so incendiary. 
that's probably the focus that you should have had if you could probably make that case. But I'm going to guess they can't make that case. So um, we have this eight-minute wonderful video from Blaze TV, right-wing echo chamber, uh, Stephen Crowder funder. Um, and it's just a video of one of Trump's lawyers. And allegedly, it's Trump lawyers dropping bombs on Dem case for impeachment, and we're going to roll with that for a second. I don't know if I'm going to watch the whole thing because there's a Fox segment that's pretty great. I haven't watched it, but the title is amazing. Um, so let's uh, let's get some of this and see if it's worth it. If not, we'll just get into Fox. I stand before you on what I've always thought as the hallowed ground of democracy. Uh, In this room, this American is... lives have been changed so dramatically. David Schoen? Uh, Trump's attorney. In just my lifetime, through so many of your legislative and and just so you know, by the way, uh, Blaze TV only uploaded clips of Trump's lawyers making the case. They didn't upload any other counterpoints. So just laying out a little bit of bias there. Initiatives from the Civil Rights Act when I was a child, through most recently the First Step Act, laws that have provided major opportunities for Americans to move forward and upward and more fully enjoy all of the attributes of what has been the greatest nation on earth. I've seen the change. I can't tell if he's defending Trump or capitalism. That's, this is a very great way to start out. Let's go. Changes these laws have made through my clients every day fucking go. for the past 36 years. Turn it up, David. These laws have enabled me to fight for their enjoyment of a fair stake in our American project. I stand before a group of 100 United States senators who have chosen to serve your country from all corners of this great nation, giving up all sorts of professions, time with family, and perhaps other more lucrative opportunities to serve your country. Mr. President, you are a man who so honorably served this nation in the Senate and in public service before your tenure here. It is an honor to appear in this historic hall of democracy, yet today that honor is tempered by an overriding feeling of grave concern. Grave concern for the danger to the institution of the presidency that I believe even convening these proceedings indicates. The joy I believed I would feel if I ever had the great privilege of appearing before this body is replaced by sadness and pain. Well, maybe if you were on the other side, you would feel more honorable. But I guess you chose the side of Trump, and now you're feeling less honorable, which is a very, again, interesting point to come in on this argument. My overriding emotion is, frankly, wanting to cry for what I believe. But I guess it's also him trying to accuse them of being dishonorable, even though he's the one feeling that way. So, like, again, maybe you should switch sides, and maybe you'll feel more honorable that way, but it won't be as lucrative, I guess. I believe these proceedings will do to our great, so long enduring, sacred constitution and to the American people on both sides of the great divide that now characterizes our nation. I mean, I at least hope that his argument starts like at least giving examples of exactly how this is going to harm the constitution rather than like the president inciting insurrectionists, Do like how that harms the constitution or how trump basically lied about the integrity of our elections and how that harms our constitution and democracy so that I'm, I'm very interested to see if he can expand on this point on how the impeachment and accountability of donald j trump hurts the constitution 
esteemed members of the Senate, going forward with this impeachment trial of a former President of the United States is unconstitutional because. for reasons we have set out in our brief, some of which we'll focus on. And again, this is part of the second impeachment day. So, like, th we're not arguing the constitutionality of this anymore, but he's still continuing this on because that's the only, that's the only case that they've built, is that this is unconstitutional, although they just voted that it is. So, like, they're working behind. They're, they're just behind on everything, and I wouldn't be surprised if Trump actually does get convicted and banned. On here, and as a matter of policy, it is wrong, as wrong can be for all of us as a nation. We are told by those who- Trump said you have to fight like hell if you want there to be a country anymore before they stormed the Capitol. He is ignoring this fact because money. To favor having these proceedings, that we have to do it for accountability. But anyone truly interested in real accountability for what happened at the Capitol on July 6th, January 6th, would of course insist on waiting for a full investigation to be completed. Indeed, one is underway in earnest already. In yes, because that's actually part of the impeachment trial. That's the whole point of the trials to actually go further into the events that happened themselves by pulling up witnesses and evidence. And constantly arguing that there is no witnesses and evidence is acting like the impeachment isn't happening because you're on a separate day of what's happening. So, um, cool. Really cool. That's that's a great defense, as we will get more information as witnesses and more evidence is presented. Cool, man. Like, again, it just sounds like they're working from behind the, the starting line, and the, the, the Senate's already like 50 meters ahead of the starting line, even though I don't know how many meters are meters. I don't know meters. Why did I use that example? Intent on getting to the bottom of what happened. Anyone interested in ensuring that it's truly the one or ones responsible from whom accountability is sought would more than willingly wait for the actual evidence, especially with new evidence coming in every day but also the unfortunate thing is, is that there is evidence and it's mostly from Trump's online appearance, whether it's his press conferences that were put on YouTube or his tweets. So that was the evidence that based on the vote for the articles of impeachment themselves and that passed. And then we voted on the constitutionality and that passed. And now you have to present your argument as why Trump is not guilty of this conviction. That's not what they're doing. They're, they're arguing the stuff that has already happened. This part of the argument that he's having would have happened before the House voted on the Articles of Impeachment. They are starting way far behind because there is no actual case to defend Trump in his actions that led up to the situation we are talking about. What a weak case. About pre-planning about those who were involved and about their agenda bearing no relationship to the claims made here. They say you need this trial before the nation can heal, that the nation cannot heal without it. I say our nation cannot possibly heal with it. With this trial, you will open up new and bigger wounds across the nation, for a great many Americans see this process for exactly what it is, a chance by a group of partisan politicians seeking to eliminate Donald Trump from the American political scene and seeking to disinfect and that's because he was irresponsible with a re incredibly responsible position. 
Um, and it's not anything of his personality necessarily. Uh, it's merely with him basically comforting insurrectionists and the idea that if they fought for their country, they could keep him in office. Franchise 74 million plus American voters and those who dare to. It wouldn't disenfranchise those voters because those votes still count. Um, Trump still lost the election. The impeachment really doesn't change anything except for his disqualification from office, which yet again, I have said many times, is, in part, is part of impeachment trials. And by the vote that happened on the first day of trial, it became precedent that you can impeach and disqualify somebody who no longer holds office. Meaning that even if it wasn't a case with Trump and somebody quit the day before that they were going to be voted on impeachment, that trial could still go through and hold that person accountable, which I would think that everybody would want. Otherwise, that is the easiest fucking loophole to get out of. There's no reason to impeach me disqualifying for office. I already left. That's, yeah, no. To share their political beliefs and vision of America. They hated the results of the 2016 election and want to use this impeachment. Yes, yes, this this case here has everything to do with Hillary Clinton losing. Yes, yes, you, you've, you have hit the nail on the head. The case is closed. Good job, David Schoen. Good job. 2016, think about it. It's been processed to further their political agenda. These elitists have mocked them for four years. They've called their fellow Americans who believe in their country and their constitution deplorables. And the latest talk is that they need to deprogram those who supported Donald Trump and the grand old party. So each of those like phrases came from one person each, like the deplorable thing was a Clinton comment and that uh, deprogramming was some pundit on M uh, MSNBC or CNBC, I can't remember. But they're acting as if one person saying everything is like a hive mind to everybody who disagrees with Trump. And uh, no, I don't agree that people should be going to re-education camps because they believe in Donald Trump. I think that there needs to just be better education overall. And we need to start holding Fox News and OAN much more accountable to the disinformation that they they spread but we're not going in that route with the conversation and i'm not really sure how all of the voters that voted for trump really feel about the, the events that happened on january 6th so saying that all 74 million people supported the actions of those people that were in the capitol at that time seems to be like a very overreaching exaggeration and speaking for people that you probably aren't allowed to really speak for but he can use that number and make it sound like that he has a whole bunch of supporters behind him but at the end of the day, this is not just about Donald Trump or any individual. This is about our Constitution and abusing the impeachment power for political gain. Why did he hold his head like that? Who drinks water like that? Excuse me. You're fine. They tell us that we have to have this like impeachment that? trial, such as it is, to bring about unity. But they don't want unity, and they know this so-called trial will... And my very, the, again, a funny, it's just funny how they can always say that, like, you're, you're overreaching with the Constitution, but can't explain why. But if they do, they shorten that quote that I was talking about earlier about the judgment on impeachments. So it's just very fascinating. It's it, like, you slippery little snakes. It's so slippery and slimy. Tear the country in half, leaving tens of millions of Americans feeling left out of the nation's agenda as dictated by one political party that now holds the power in the White House and in our national legislature. But these, they're proud Americans who never quit getting back up when they're down, and they don't take dictates from another.
That's very fascinating. Again, like in the, that's like a right wing echo chamber thing that's been going on too. Is that equating like the impeachment trial of Donald Trump is also a trial against Trump supporters, and that's like a narrative that they're building. That's a, a part of that whole through line of like now you're since you're a Republican, you're being oppressed, um, and by you know getting them to feel sympathy for rich man, I don't give a fuck about most everybody, Donald Trump getting him to feel sympathetic with them it's almost like stockholm syndrome like it's it's very fascinating again it's that cult of personality that people would attach themselves so much to a demagogue to feel that way and they're exploiting that feeling they're exploiting it entirely just so that they can get trump off the hook and uh, unaccountable another party based on partisan force feeding this trial will tear this country apart perhaps like we have only seen once before in our history and to help the nation heal, we now learn that the House managers, in their wisdom, have hired a movie company and a large law firm to create, manufacture, and splice for you a package designed by experts to chill and horrify you and our fellow Americans. They want to put Maybe. you through a 16-hour presentation over two days, focusing on this as if it were some sort of blood sport. And to who is he talking about here? He, they're going to force every American to watch a 16-hour video? Who is he even talking about? Man, that's probably farther down the right-wing echo chamber. I haven't even heard about this. Like, th There's no way that they're going to have everybody watch a 16-hour video. That's no. What? What end? For healing? For unity? For accountability? Not for any of those. For they surely they are much better ways to achieve each. It is again for pure, raw, misguided partisanship that makes them believe playing to our worst instincts somehow is good. <laughs> they don't need to show you movies. To Which is funny, like right after I just said that, like he's exploiting people's sympathy for Trump. That's very funny. To show you that the riot happened here, we will stipulate that it happened and you know all about it. This is a process fueled irresponsibly by base hatred by these House managers and those who gave them their charge, and they are willing to sacrifice our national character to advance their hatred and their fear that one day they might not be the party in power. I mean, the thing is, though, is that they want to advance our national character by pretending this never happened. So what does that say about America if we don't hold Trump accountable? They have a very different view of democracy and freedom from Justice Jackson, who once wrote, but freedom to differ is not limited to things that do not matter much. That would be a mere shadow of freedom. The test of its substance is the right to differ as to things that touch at the heart of the existing order. They have a very different view of democracy and freedom. This is nothing less than the political weaponization of the impeachment process. Pure. And again, he's using political as a word, as a stand-in for partisan. And I talk about this constantly on how people are always using the word political to mean partisan. And I hate that they use that because like a political weapon for impeachment, like impeachment is part of our political process. So again, like a lawyer basically using the word political called local Co 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 ugh. colloquially ugh. 
just whimsically is what I meant, but like basically just switching out the word partisan to use political is the exact reason why most people don't want to participate in this stuff because we're constantly using it to mean that political is being used by somebody against you rather than like the, the, uh, I can't, I can't even get into it. It's so frustrating every time they use the word in place of it, but like politics, this is all politics. This is all political. So to say that it's been weaponized is ridiculous because it is itself. That's like saying that a gun is weaponized. Like, yeah, dude, that's what it is. Pure, raw oh. sport, fueled by the misguided idea of party over country, when in fact both will surely suffer. I can promise you that if these proceedings go forward, everyone will look bad. You will see and hear many members of our Congress saying and doing things they must surely regret, but perhaps far more worse, <laughs> far worse than a moment... And if he if the conviction goes through, I bet he's going to feel that exact same way. That is funny. That is funny. I would not have put that in my speech just in case I might regret it later. One of personal funny. shame in a world in which history passes from our memories in a moment. Our great country, a model for all the world, will be far more divided and our standing around the world. If honestly, and if you believe that America is the model of the world, please let's have a broader discussion on why it's not. Because wow, such American exceptionalism to think that we are the peak of everything. And that must mean that America being the wealthiest country is literally all that matters. Not that we're the lowest in like some of the lowest in education and healthcare. No, the fact that we have the most money, but yet the most exploited workers. Let's model ourselves off of that. Okay. We'll be badly broken. Our arch enemies who pray each and every day for our downfall will watch with glee, glowing in the moment as they see you at your worst and our country in internal divide. Let's be perfectly clear. If you vote to proceed with this impeachment trial, future senators will okay. recognize that you bought into a radical constitutional theory that departs clearly from... It's not a radical constitutional theory. Again, it's right here. I have it right here. Let's stop playing around. But the thing that I find very fascinating is that how he's talking about it, it causes an internal divide, which helps other nations, which in a, in, in a sense is true. But let's remember that Republicans and Democrats don't really fight that hard enough to really hurt our chances in foreign policy. But the thing is, is that this whole culture war does end up dividing most working class Americans from agreeing on anything so that they can't necessarily agree on who their oppressor is. The Republicans will say it's Democrats and the Democrats will say it's Republicans. And that really is part of, again, that like, here's this, but don't look at that over there which basically just keeps all of us fighting each other rather than focusing on how we could better a system that actually like takes care of everybody or at least upholds rights for everybody to 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 a very large extent human rights is what I'm mainly focused on but uh yeah very fascinating that saying this internal affair really benefits outer nations but it also like it does benefit the powers that be that exist right now because so long as we're at each other's throats, we don't really notice who's holding like the executioner switch. You know what I'm saying? In the language of the Constitution itself and holds, and this is in their brief, that any civil officer who ever dares to want to serve his or her country must know that they will be subject to impeachment long after their service in office has ended subject only to the long long after yeah trump trump's been out of office for so long 
Oh my god. Oh, jeez. What a bunch of cook snakes, man. Oh my god. The political and cultural landscape of the day that is in operation at any future time. This is exactly the position taken by the House managers at page 65 of their brief. Ah, yeah, that wasn't quite a bomb so much as it was less just uh, gas. It was just a bunch of gas. Um, but yeah, it's just very funny because Trump hasn't been out of office that long and the actions that he he is accused of committing weren't that long ago either. Um, so it's just very fascinating that they have barely any case onto why Trump is innocent and just why the law doesn't apply. Um, because Trump, of course, should get more privilege than anybody else deserves. Anyways, to round this all up, Trump reportedly furious with defense team. And this came out 17 hours ago from Fox News, so I think it might have been just before Senate uh, the second day of the trial, probably because Trump didn't think the constitutionality would go through. I don't know. Fox News isn't going to tell us that 100%, but the fact that the constitutionality did go through and their arguments didn't change since then, that's what I would have to guess, is that Trump was mad that the vote on constitutionality went through. That's what I would have to guess. And breaking tonight, we are getting the first reaction from former President Trump after he spent the day watching the impeachment trial from inside his private And they just film him while he's at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> like, hella, hella far away, just like getting a quick snapshot of him at Mar-a-Lago. This is so funny. Like, he is honestly, like, I don't know if he's that embarrassed or just afraid of really, like, saying what he wants to say and slipping up, but, like, his, his like, removal from media since uh he's left office is pretty great because it does seem like the man is a little bit embarrassed if not uh scared of actual consequences which again the impeachment trial is not going to bring any real consequences it's removal from from office boo-hoo for private enterprise fucking rich man boo fucking who quarters at mar-a-lago in florida and we're told he is not happy with the day one performance of his defense team Hello and welcome to Fox News at Night. I'm Shannon Bremen, Washington White House correspondent Kevin Cork. Starts. Yep. There it is. He's not happy with the day one, which means that they weren't able to effectively argue that it was not constitutional to follow through with this impeachment. And judging by their arguments in the day two trial, that's literally all the case that they had built. So us off with this breaking news tonight from the former. Maybe hopefully tomorrow they'll be a little bit more prepped and ready to bring evidence onto why Trump is innocent and not why this is not constitutional, because that has already been settled. Cannot do more days of that. President himself. Good evening, Kevin. Good evening, Shannon. Two sources, in fact, who spent time with the former president today describe him as being, quote, furious and beyond angry with his impeachment defense team. He was especially upset with attorney Bruce Castor, as you pointed out, for his, quote, rambling opening argument. The former president spending the day watching the trial from inside his private quarters at Mar-a-Lago. No gall. Bruce Castor was the one who brought up like that. There's patriots everywhere. And I was honestly like, who cares? And what does that have to do with anything? With the very same plan for tomorrow. Meanwhile, Thanks. at a time when he certainly could opt to reduce the political temperature in the country, Mr. Biden apparently is taking a pass, opting instead to not weigh in as his predecessor is being impeached once again, despite what critics have called hip. How would him weigh in 
actually cool things down. No matter what side he would say, wouldn't cool things down on this situation. But that's part of narrative steering. He 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 set up that right there that Biden didn't do anything to cool down the situation because he didn't do anything at all. But the news would have spun no matter what side he would have taken. Except Fox News would have been like, it's odd, but Biden said that they shouldn't impeach him, and I. I applaud the man for it. That would have been the only time they applauded him for it. If he had said that, let's keep going on this, then they would have condemned him for his uh, partisan... Hypocrisy on the left and a deafening silence from the White House. Joe Biden is the president. He's not a pundit. Not a pundit, not watching, and won't weigh in. That's how the White House sees Mr. Biden's take on the second impeachment of his predecessor. Free and robust. And so far, this has like nothing to do with how Trump is furious and more to do with how Biden hasn't said anything, even though doesn't have to, doesn't need to. Nobody needs to hear from Biden on this situation. Now the White House sees Mr. Biden's take on the second impeachment of his predecessor. Free and robust political speech. Impeaching former President Trump, who urged his supporters to peacefully make their voices heard, inspiring Republicans. But he also said in a separate speech that you have to fight like hell. You have to fight or there won't be any country anymore. If we're going to take that one time that he said peacefully pro peacefully march on the Capitol, then, yeah, that gets him away scot-free. But that would mean that we have to ignore everything that he has ever said. ...to make a what about argument, pointing to Democrats who've said things like this. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. And Did you see anybody? Um, I guess that was Maxine Waters. No, hold on. They didn't. There needs to be unrest in the streets for Ayanna Presley. Um, yeah, uh, the thing about that is there wasn't an insurrection. I guess you could kind of charge them for inciting riots, although, um, that's not necessarily what saying protesting means. Um, riots usually occur um, kind of out of control of most protests and sometimes can be initiated by bad faith actors. So it's kind of hard to always pinpoint whether or not that was an incitement to riot. But if she did say, you know, set fire on cop vehicles, then it's a lot more clear that um, Trump was a little bit more clear with like his speeches prior to the specific January 6th speech that you have to fight and that you have to defend and uh, he used really vague terms that really anybody who might be militant enough could take it as I need to take up arms um, but we'll see that case being built as the trial goes on for as long as there's unrest in our lives and if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant in a department store at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them. The former president. Um, that sounds like incitement to pressuring representatives, which isn't a crime. As lawyers argue, based on the briefs that they have filed, that some Democrats have used incendiary rhetoric. How does the White House view that? Is any different. He's not going to opine on the back and forth arguments. The Wall Street Journal opines for its part the assault on the Capitol was a riot and a violent one, but it wasn't an insurrection. As a riot rather than an insurrection, the question then becomes what of this summer's BLM riots? And Democrats who blocked a resolution condemning. Um, it's very different that it happened on the Capitol building and there were a lot of militant actors there hoping to kidnap. Uh, 
you know, elected officials. So that's much more closer to an insurrection. The only thing was, is that the police were effective enough and secret service were effective enough of actually like, um, vacating the building and protecting those elected officials. Although a couple of cops did die. Um, so it's not really equivalent here in the BLM protest that didn't really happen as much. Like, I guess you could try to make the argument against the Portland protesters who set fire to that federal building that was housing uh, federal troops, even though, the, you know, troops made it out fine. They, nobody died in that scenario. They were evacuated and then the building was set on fire. That one has a much stronger case of building of whether or not that was an insurrection, but it wasn't on a Capitol building in an attempt to possibly kidnap elected officials um the wolverine watchmen are a much more closer um comparison even though they weren't able to follow through the fbi actually was able to stop them just before their actions were followed through on um so theirs is much more plotting to an insurrection on a state level um and the, it just ended up kind of happening on a wider scale in the Capitol building itself in D.C., but they were able to evacuate everybody before there was actual, uh, you know, insurrectionist activities, even though they weren't successful and it did seem a bit disorganized. I'm not going to say that it wasn't an insurrection because there were people there who were a little bit more organized than, say, a lot of the protesters that were there to kind of mask them mob violence at the time and some who even made incendiary statements in support of the riots. But many Democrats believe that's a specious argument. After all, they say this impeachment trial is about inciting a deadly insurrection at the Capitol and impeachment and Senate conviction are the powerful tools meant to hold the former president accountable. People were hurt. Our Capitol was invaded. These diversionary tactics have one has nothing to do with the other. And of course, the debate will continue tomorrow on the Hill. Also today, by the way, Shannon, 14 states attorney general led by A.G. Austin Newton of Montana actually wrote to Mr. Biden calling for him to reverse his decision on the Keystone XL pipeline. They accused him <laughs> of a, quote, unilateral and rushed decision to revoke the 20. Of course, that's the last thing that they have on part of this segment that is named uh, Trump furious with his defense team for no reason. It's named that for absolutely no reason. I think that they put his name in there because it would have got more clicks and people would have thought like I did that there was going to be more comments by Trump. But uh, it was very fascinating that they still kind of helped Trump's defense team by building the argument. But now I guess after watching this segment, I'm going to guess that their case again isn't going to be about why trump is innocent but more about whataboutism where they're going to say what about all the democrats during the blm protests they're going to use that as their defense for the rest of the time i'm pretty sure yeah i'm pretty sure now at this point 2019 presidential permits which as you know have cost thousands of jobs and angered many including some on the left like union leaders who you recall uh, recall back mr biden last november shannon yeah I mean, you would have to say that, like, for that case, even too, to say, like, what about the BLM riots and the people who may or may not have incited those? The thing is, is that you would then have to kind of find um, people that would have to be like charged for the riot charges, and the that it's a it's a very difficult case to build because like for the most part, most of these organizations that organize these protests aren't going to have members that 
engaged in riots because that's they know it's counterproductive. So um, it would be very interesting to see them use whataboutism and not necessarily have any criminal charges to back them up whatsoever. Um, because again, riots can occur from, you know, either individual independent actors who showed up to those protests. And it can also be initiated by bad faith actors like the Hell's Angel, who was at the Minneapolis protests after George Floyd was killed and that hell's angel was going around smoking uh not smoking but smashing the autozone building uh with a hammer so again it's of, of course they're going to go with whataboutism because there's there's no case to build on his innocence and um yeah what a what a terrible thing for the country to be honest with you i think it's necessary but yeah it, it is going to tear us up and that's mainly because we've got fox news going out there and uh remember when they tell you that there is no constitutional authority on it, there's Amendment 14, Section 3, comforting aid to the nation's enemies or insurrectionists. And then there's also the judgment on impeachment trial that shall extend no further than removal from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. But the party convicted shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to law. And that has been the detoxification of toxic sludge that is known as American pol uh, politi politics. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so let's click that outro music and get the fuck out of here, man. Uh, follow me on Twitter, ToxinPod, T-O-X-N-P-O-D. Uh, the YouTube channels where you can see my cool setup with the video and sources and my beautiful face. And uh, I got writings on PortumRebellion.net, and this is found on wherever you get podcasts. But don't forget to go to Anchor because Anchor lets you make your own podcast. And guess what I'm doing? Yeah, y you can be this free. So thank you for joining me. That's been Tox News. I hope you all stay pure, healthy, and concerned about the health of your nation. <laughs>